Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. This is the final segment of the program. Lots to cram in here. I want to first talk to you for about 30 seconds uh, about that news just delivered by Maria Chaleos. We nationwide have reached uh, uh, an unfortunate milestone. Uh, half a million Americans have lost their lives to the coronavirus. I would, though, e- alongside that, uh, put out a, a word of caution. Uh, try not to fixate too much on cumulative data. What do I mean? Uh, this stems back from a, a conversation I had with Dr. Stephen Mobley uh, many months ago about cumulative data. What is that? It's a number that can only increase. And, uh, of course, the number of those uh, losing their lives to this coronavirus is going to increase. Uh, you, you try to slow that increase uh, to, a, to a halt is the objective. Uh, but once someone loses their life, uh, you know, that, that number stands and it can only grow. And if we lose sight of that, uh, it can become very scary. Uh, and we might feel as if, you know, progress is not being made when exactly the opposite is true. Uh, did you hear the daily, the, the new number of cases, positive cases since yesterday here in the state? 338. 338. That's remarkable. 338, currently hospitalized, only 237 people. I I should be slow to use the word only, right? Because uh, zero is the number we are searching for. But if you pull out the line graphs and you see where we have been uh, right now, we are in a much better position. The way we got there was through the hard work we did when the numbers are high. So let's not lose sight of that. Let's keep it up and continue pushing those numbers down. The daily case counts, the rate of positivity, and the number of those hospitalized. We do that uh, and there might be a light at that end of the tunnel, a little brighter and a little closer uh, than than we thought. All right, I'm committed to it. Uh, please join me. All right, uh, about five minutes left. I want to share with you some of the exchange which took place this morning uh, in the United States Senate as the Senate engages in a confirmation hearing uh, for Judge Merrick Garland. Uh, if you if you're familiar with Merrick Garland, you know uh, you know he's got some. History almost made it to the Supreme Court. We won't get into that. Uh, but he, as he's been questioned today by the Senate, and uh, so you know this questioning will continue on into tomorrow, this being one of a two-day uh, series. He's talked much about what his number one priority will be uh, should he be confirmed as attorney general. Maybe I didn't mention that. Uh, President Biden has uh, nominated uh, Judge Merrick Garland to the position of attorney general. Uh, That's a Senate-confirmed position, and so uh, they're going through the process right now of uh, questioning him. He has said that the investigation into the events on January 6th will be his number one priority, and that, in fact, it is even more uh, serious than the investigation he undertook uh, following the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing. He uh, led the Justice Department's investigation into that bombing Uh, back when it took place and has uh, vowed, uh, in his words, to uphold the independence of the Justice Department as it investigates uh, the January 6th 
uh, attack on the United States Capitol. Well, uh, as the senators each had opportunity to question uh, the nominee, Judge Garland, uh, Senator Lee, Utah Senator Lee, focused on the Second Amendment. Let me uh, play for you. I just have about two, three minutes left. We'll get as far down this line of questioning as we can. Here uh, is Senator Lee's first question on the Second Amendment. Let's talk a little bit about the meaning of the Second Amendment. How do you view it? And and um, do you agree with uh, Justice Thomas's analysis in his dissent in the Rogers case that the Second Amendment right to bear arms certainly includes uh, the, the, the right to carry operable firearms uh, in public for self-defense? Senator Lee, as you well know, uh, is prone to, uh, you know, make reference to chapter and verse specific cases uh, that to, you know, layman minds like mine, uh, sometimes I I lose track. But the key point there uh, is the question and the phrase he used there at the end, self-defense. The question basically to uh, Judge Garland, do you agree that firearms as protected in the Second Amendment also applies to their use uh, in terms of self-defense? Here is Garland's response. So my view is is totally controlled uh, by uh, the Heller opinion, um, and uh, in that case, Justice Scalia held that there was an individual right uh, to keep and uh, bear arms uh, for self-defense. Uh, in the subsequent McDonald case, the court said that was a fundamental right, uh, which applied uh, to the states as well. Um, it is a right, uh, as Justice Scalia said in the opinion, like all rights, that is subject to some uh, limitations. Uh, The court has not um, uh, given us much more to work with at this point. Um, And I I do think, as I uh, said with respect to my vote on Bonk, this is a matter that requires careful uh, historical examination, uh, which I have never done. uh, And and I certainly can't uh, do sitting here for you. So I don't have an opinion on that question. About 90 seconds left in our time together here today. Before I go, I want you to hear... Uh, Judge Garland's response to Senator Lee's question uh, regarding universal background checks. Well, I I do think um, that it's very important um, that uh, we be careful that people who are entitled to have guns uh, um, uh, get the background check that allows them to have them. Uh, and that those who are not entitled and uh, who are we are we are concerned about because they're threats because of felon they're felons or for whatever reason barred by the law that we have uh, that there is an opportunity uh, to determine uh, that uh, uh, they not be given a gun. There is more to that exchange specifically a question asked of Judge Garland about certain types of guns should certain types of guns be outlawed while others. Uh, allowed to be bought and sold. Don't have time to get into that right now. I'd invite you to track it down and listen to what uh, Judge Garland had to say in response. Day two of that hearing we'll pick up tomorrow, as well as you and I sitting down here to chat about the news of the day on tomorrow's episode of Live Mike. Time for me to step aside, make way for the great Jeff Kaplan. Is he next here on KSL News Radio? Brings you Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another... Pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. 
You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.